Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson. So here's my question for you today. Okay. I think I, well, I don't know. Besides my incredible hair that I had when we started dating, <laughs> what was it? It's no longer here. That drew you to me. I mean, I literally used to think I had a good head of hair and <laughs> so much for that. But, you know, when we started dating, it wasn't my hair. Well, you were super cute. You still are super I'm cute. I'm not looking for that. But I think one of the things I saw in you was um, you're a leader and... Well, maybe it's more of two people are drawn to you. You're funny. You okay? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> set this up for you to compliment. Okay, but me. let me get to the biggest thing. <laughs> I remember as a believer watching you. We were both really new in our faith, and I remember thinking, "This guy is going to do something with his life for mm-hmm. Jesus," and I want to be a part of that because he's running fast, and I feel like I'm pretty fast running after Jesus too. Oh yeah. But I thought I want to. Like, what would it be like to change the world together for the kingdom of God? Well, I remember you saying to me early in the first couple of months, you're the first guy I've ever dated that knows who he is and where he wants to go. Yeah. Do you remember saying that? Yeah. And there's something about you, too, that you didn't really care what people like. You would be dumb in front of people. You'd try anything. You were just... You were uninhibited, and I was—I didn't have any of that. Well, I think, you know, we're bringing this up because I think every man wants to know who he is and why he's here. Mm-hmm. And I think every woman does I too, do too as well. Yeah. But we've got in the studio back with us today, Brian Hansen, who's written a book about what men need, what we need in a man. It's called The Men We Need. Yeah, it's it's a great book title as well. So, Brent, welcome back. Thank you. You've written a book called The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, and Any Man Willing to Show Up. You're married with a couple kids. Yeah. Uh, we talked yesterday about your vision from Scripture of what a man is called to be. Yeah. Say it in... A minute or less. Absolutely. I think it's Adam's job Hmm. to be a keeper of the garden. That's the specific job that he was given. And being a keeper of the garden means you're protecting this space and providing for the space and cultivating. And I think about that in my own life, like the people around me, Hmm. protecting them and helping them bloom and thrive. Again, it's not about me owning them. It's about just helping them to thrive. That's with my wife, my kids, neighbors. Anybody I interact with, that's I feel like that's my, my role. You are a protector and you're a cultivator and you're here to help other people thrive. Once guys get a hold of that, it changes everything. Let me ask you this. I mean, this might take us into a direction you're not thinking of going, but as women, we see our men do that out in the world, out in their jobs, out in their, their occupation, maybe that they've been called to. But then I've talked to so many women that when a man comes home, the husband comes home. I like how you're saying this is otherwise, not your home. <laughs> yeah. He kind of checks out. Yeah. So to say that he's, you know, helping his wife or his kids to bloom and blossom to become what they were created to be. I think a lot of listeners are thinking, yeah, my husband doesn't do that at home. He does it out of the home. Is that our fault? Because as women, we think, what am I doing? Well, I think it can help to have this vision that I'm talking about. Like, this is the role that a man should have. As a female, when you understand that, you can draw that out of him. Not nagging it out of him. No, it's the exact opposite. I'll give you a concrete example. And the fact that this is crystallized in my head will tell you the power that women have over their husbands in a beautiful way. 
but some people were out. It was it was like a few months ago, but they're they're out like wrestling or I don't know what they're doing out in the street. It was like eleven o'clock at night. People Make, wrestle out in the street not in your normally. neighborhood? No, not normally. <laughs> That's what I mean. It was really strange. It was like a bunch of teenagers or something. Yeah. I mean, a big group. They're not normally out there. And my wife and I were upstairs, you know, in bed, and they kept making noise. And she's like, well, I, you know, this is really making me nervous. We need to do something. I'm like, just let them, they're just teenagers. Let them just, they're not threatening us. Let's just go to bed. We'll turn up the white noise thing. <laughs> well, then she gets up after a little bit and goes downstairs. And I'm left lying there. Hey, you know what? My wife would do the same thing. Okay. So she goes down. <laughs> You're tracking with me. Yeah. I'm lying there when my wife is dealing with whatever. <laughs> and I'm going... I can't do that. I can't let my wife deal with, like, this is upsetting to her. Whether it's upsetting to me, it doesn't matter. Hmm. So I get up, I get dressed, whatever. I go downstairs, and I say, okay, I'll go out there. And I, I open the door, and I go out. As soon as I start walking out there, I see they're all dispersing. And I don't think it was because of me. I think they just happened to be dispersed. I went out there at just the right time to avoid a fight. <laughs> when I came back in, and I did nothing. My wife's like, that is so attractive. <laughs> like, Why? I said, I didn't do anything. They all just dispersed. Just like, yeah, but you were willing to. Exactly. See, okay, so that's crystallized in my mind. Mm. Next time that happens, guess my reaction. It's not from nagging. It's from going, I really like it when you do that. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've done it wrong for so many years, but there is power in our words that are positive. Well, oh. I, re I remember, Brant, I was walking out of the boys' bedroom. There were little boys, like mm -hmm. seven, five, three. Just read a Bible story with them or whatever, putting them to bed. I'm walking out of their bedroom. They're going to bed. And Anne says to me in the hallway, wow, the power you have as a man and as their dad over them spiritually, like, that is so, wow, way to go. They I said, just, I'm jealous of the power. They hang on your every word. And you remember this. And I remember you? walking down the stairs going, really? Hmm. And And trust me, she just said it. For years, she would say something like, why don't you ever... Mm -hmm. You know, put the boys to bed and pray with them. Uh, it didn't motivate me. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the next night, I'm running upstairs. The next <laughs> night after that, I'm running upstairs. I'm like, I'm the man. Honestly. You told me I'm the man. And it happens it with our sons, too. It was just what you said. It was like those affirming words brought life to remind me, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's they will. That's I'm supposed to be. They will work. Look, I'm writing this stuff. Because of your wife's encouragement. It still works on me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know better. It's like, but if she could, if she wanted to manipulate me, yeah. but, but she doesn't. But I mean, yeah. it still is powerful. Yeah. Like, so don't think that your husband's over that or doesn't care or doesn't absorb it. He may not respond verbally mm -hmm. or whatever, but this is extremely powerful. But you have to have this vision in your own head of what a man is, is made for. This is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Keep her of the garden. Mm -hmm. But in a sense, what Ann was saying earlier is we tend, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm exaggerating, but men tend to do that well or better outside the home, in the workplace, in my job, in maybe even, you know, community events that I've been called to. And then and then often we come home and we You're tired. check out or you used the word before we get passive. Yeah, I need to be. And this is one of the decisions I put in the book. Be ambitious about the right things. What are the right things? Well, you need wisdom to know that. So ask God for wisdom because wisdom will save you from pain. Mm. One of the things that cause immense pain for guys later in life is why did I not spend more time with the kids and enjoy my wife and kids more? Why? It's because at the time you didn't know what to value. Mm. Well, that's what wisdom does. It tells you this is more important than that. So well, you want to know that in the moment. 
Well, when you've got little kids, for example, just use that phase of life, what matters now is little kids and your wife, not your job. Hmm. And I know that sounds crazy because you're in this career building mode. Right, right. But I actually made the decision. I've passed up on law school because I thought it'd be too much for the kids at the time and took a job that paid almost nothing, but I was done by noon or one every day. It was a morning radio job and spent the rest of the afternoon at the beach or swimming with the kids in the pool or playing and and laughing for years. Hmm. And we barely scraped by. Was it worth it? That was the smartest thing I ever did. And guess what? You know, now my kids are older. We got all kinds of time for this career stuff. Mm. And God has provided in time, like all that other stuff has come about. I'm fine. And I bet they want to be with you guys. They know me. Yeah. I know my kids. So they can listen to my podcast or read my books and stuff. And they're like, hey, that's dad. Mm. There is no disconnect. Mm. That's big. So I'm trying to tell guys, like, you need to know right now, you don't get this back. Mm. That time does not come back. So be brilliant. Go ahead and stress that. Be ambitious about the wife and kids. That's where your energy goes. And then, of course, do your best at work as well. But you can't undo that. Be ambitious about the right Right things. things. And you need wisdom for that. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you write about the six decisions that will set you apart. Right. You just hit one of them. Let me ask you this one. Decision one, forsake the fake and relish the real. Yeah. This I'm trying to tell guys, especially younger, but this is me too, talking about video games. They are wonderfully fun. That's almost the problem is they're too fun. Mm. So I'm not saying they're inherently evil. I play video games like it's not, but they let you level up really quickly and you get a dopamine hit from seeming accomplishments. So you're fighting fake enemies for fake causes, but it's not real. And you don't want to look back over the course of your life and think that all of your adventures and accomplishments were fake, Mm. but that's what it's going to do to us. Let's make sure that we look back on our lives and, and know that we actually lived mm. it with reality, flesh and blood, and that the people around us benefited from our gifts mm. instead of getting it all sucked away into this. So that's why I'm talking about relishing the real. What about protecting the vulnerable? Because that's your number two. That's a big part of being the keeper of the garden. That's actually when we're at our best mm. and using whatever skills we have to protect the vulnerable. It's interesting. I read in another book, it was a, it was this guy who was telling the author, he's like, you know, I always thought I would defend my wife and kids if there's an intruder. I defend my wife no matter what. And I would tell myself, you're a real man because you'd grab a gun or you'd whatever. You'd defend your wife, keep her from being hurt. And then he said, but then I realized the intruder most of the time is me. It's my words that hurt my wife or my lack of words or my tone or the things I say to my kids. So when I talk about defending the vulnerable, it's not just about being armed or guarding the house with a good alarm system or something. Talk about building them up. Mm. It's a decision that you make, but once you see that that's your role, you can find your own way of defending the vulnerable with whatever you have. I mean, one of the things we've talked about is Adam was the keeper of the garden, but he failed. He actually became passive and... He's like an example of what you shouldn't do, and yet Jesus is the example of what a real man looks like. Totally. Give us a study of what well, does Jesus model for us. I call it the Jesus Masterclass. So look at the women around him. Mm. Look at the women he met at the well. Like, she blossoms and thrives 
and comes alive. Mm. It's a woman with a, with a terrible uh, reputation. Jesus picks her. Mm. There's another example. There's a big shot head of the synagogue who wants Jesus to heal his kid. He is an important guy. But there's a woman in the crowd who touches the hem of his garment, Jesus' garment. Jesus stops everything, including delaying helping that guy. (laughs) And he talks to her and calls her daughter. Mm. As a man, we're all into a lot of times valuing certain people and this person's important. We're always indexing important. Jesus just flips that on its head. Mm. So I, I do see that as an example of a man not being passive. He's defending women. He's advancing women, Hmm. whereas Adam is right there with Eve, and he does nothing. Well, he does say, the woman you gave me. (laughs) Exactly. Adam is brilliant about blaming simultaneously. It's so genius in a way because it's economical. He blames God and Eve at the same time. The double blame move. Mm -hmm. And here's Jesus not blaming, of course, taking responsibility in defending and advancing women, which is exactly the opposite of what Adam did when he could have intervened. Mm. He could have, but he wasn't a good keeper of the garden. And Jesus is like this person who everyone around him who knows him comes alive. Mm. That is a keeper of the garden, a cultivator. And we bear fruit because of him. Mm. That was the job that Adam was given and Jesus completed it. And we get to be part of it. So in a sense, you're saying like when we walk in the front door of our home, our wife and our kids should be something in their soul stirs and comes to life like dad's home, my husband's home. That's a good thing. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel like I come to become who God's made me to be because this man, his presence does that. That's what Jesus did. Is that what you're saying? You think of yourself as like like a farmer. Hmm. Who's like you want to see these plants bloom spectacularly? I'm gonna get watered today. Dad's yeah, home. he's he's <laughs> he's making this space work where we can do our thing. Mm. He makes that work, and it's not about him. Mm. But you thrive and blossom. The respect that you get as a man from that is intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yearning for respect. It'll come because of that. You can demand respect all you want, but if you make people feel secure around you, you actually get it. Mm. And that has long-term implications. That's the guy who's surrounded by generations at the end of his life that want to be with him. Mm. It's because of that. I like what you said when you said um, you can have a tremendous unseen effect on those around you. You can set the tone. You start the melody and others will sing along. In your home, you're singing. You set the tone because you're engaged. That's the piece. And if you're not engaged, the music of the house is chaos. And you can hear it reverberating. But the problem is you're you're there, but you're not. And especially today, like I can walk into our kids' houses and our house and we're all, all on our phones. Any guy listening, be like, no, no, I feel guilty because they hear me talking. About I'm doing it. the same thing. No, 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 exactly. It's an opportunity and it's not too late if you're old enough or you're alive enough to hear us talking about it. Like, well, we can change. Hmm. If one person rethinks humbles himself and rethinks. That's what repent means. Like reconsiders, starts a new way. Well, we can do that. We have this brilliant model in Jesus. We've got this image that of the keeper of the garden, this role that God gave Adam that we can understand and learn and grow in. But it's not too late to become like, oh, now I get it. Okay, good. We got it. Let's do this thing. So many men I've talked to 
uh, you know, helping lead a church for all these years, led a lot of men and would sit with them and they would say things like this. I know what to do with the job. Hmm. I trained for it. Mm-hmm. I got a degree in it. I walk in that door and I feel competent. It's like, hey, I, I can do this. I do right. this well. That's right. I walk in my front door. I walk in my garage door and I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Yes. I feel incompetent. So I Indeed. get passive. You know, I'm, I don't want to be passive, but I just feel like I don't know what to do. She's better at this. So I just defer. What do you say to that guy? Okay, so you're right. Besides step up. Yeah, okay, step up is a great thing to say, but a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm glad you wrote a man, but guys need to step up. Step up in what? Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to answer is like, here's how you step up. It's the keeper of the garden thing is what we're talking about. We tend to gravitate, as you're saying, towards things that we feel competent in. Like I, well, an exception, I still play basketball. I should have quit at a long time ago. <laughs> Five ten, can't shoot. Stop well, it. I mean, I don't go pick up a violin. Right. Okay. But I'll pick up a guitar. Right. I can do it. Yeah. We will. We will gravitate towards those things we feel confident. Relationships. Almost none of us feel confident in relational stuff. Mm. That's the home. That's yeah. that's other stuff too. Okay. It takes bravery mm. to do relational stuff, and if you engage in it, you have my my respect. You don't have to be great at it, but the willingness to do it, that's bravery. It takes more bravery to walk across the street than it does to go to another country across the world. Hmm. If it means talking to a neighbor when you don't feel comfortable. It's really hard for me. I am not outgoing. I'm not smooth socially. Kind of smooth, but I, I, I've had to learn it. And so, I was going to say, you're pretty suave, baby. <laughs> no, it's only because I'm talking about something. Like, like Small talk, I'm terrible. And, but I've had to learn. But okay, so that's like jumping out of a plane. It's a different kind. Hmm. But that's what we're here for. Yeah. It does take bravery. It is hard. Let's acknowledge it. Hmm. But let's also respect it. Hmm. If you're willing to say, I'm going to do this even though I don't feel competent. I don't always know what to do about as a dad. I don't, but I'm going to keep showing up. Hmm. Faithfulness is everything. Hmm. So much respect to you. And if you haven't heard somebody say that to you before, let us be the first ones to say it. Like, yeah. if you're doing that, you're doing relationships and you don't feel strong at it, we have a lot of respect for you. Hmm. Even as you're saying that, Brian, I'm thinking, okay, if I want to be brave as a man, husband, Mm -hmm. dad. And I grew up with no dad. So I walked into our marriage and then as a dad, like, I don't know what to do. And it could have been easily an excuse. Well, you know, victim mentality. I didn't have a dad. I'm not going to do a good job. Or bravery is like, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to talk to men. I'm going to read. I'm going to study. I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to do whatever it takes to become the best husband that's ever lived. I'm I'm exaggerating, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, make myself good at this. So I was thinking when you were saying that, I was thinking, okay, so if a man's listening right now and you want to be brave, wouldn't this be interesting? What if you're the one saying, honey, let's go to the weekend, remember marriage, get away. Mm. I mean, your wife might go, what? what happened you're you? you're right. asking me to go rather than the other. Because often we get up on stage at that marriage weekend and we're like, you know, the men were dragged there. Their wives are like, come on, will you please go with me? I want our marriage to be better. Okay. Rather than no. Honey, let's go to a counselor. We need help. Let's go get help. Lead in that area. Be I mean, that's a brave move for a guy. It is. That's scary. It's big time and no one outside is applauding. Right. Mm. Right. That's the tough thing. Like you don't get promoted. So you don't get that immediate feedback. So it does take bravery and determination. And again, even if no one else is applauding you, please know we get it. Mm. Like that's hard. Yeah. That's, it was always hard for me even to talk about our marriage. It's all, like I've gotten a lot better at it, mm. but I just uh, 
<laughs> I don't want to talk about relationship stuff. And this. yet that's what you said earlier. That's being ambitious about what matters. About what the matters. The right things. That's your the, marriage, your family, at the end of the day, that's mm, all you got. Relationships are it. Yeah. That's all you remember at I, the very end. That's all you have. I think that's hopeful for us as women because what we can do is we can applaud as you guys make those steps, a baby step. Some women can think, well, about time, and, I, you've been, and I've been wanting this forever, but just to acknowledge like, wow, thanks for making that step. That probably wasn't easy. That's a great thing that we can say as women. And I would just add from one man to another, today's the day. Yeah. Don't wait till tomorrow like this weekend. No, today. Take a step today. Small, small step. Yeah. Become the man God's called you to be right here, right now, and watch God move. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you'd like to listen to today's program again, visit our website families.powertochange.org.au and select the podcast tab where you will find the previous fortnight's programs available. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family. Music.